This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Good evening, radio listeners. Welcome to Bible Talk. This is your host, Pastor uh, Baker, sitting in a week early for uh, Pastor Moss. But nevertheless, I'm here with the same subject, looking at the teachings of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, whose members are known as Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, it's a blessing to be here with you today. Um, and I welcome your calls. Phone number is 866 423 9578. Uh, to be with Pastor Baker on Bible Talk, uh, 866-423-9578. Uh, welcome your calls, uh, questions, uh, calls from Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, welcome your calls if you agree with me. Uh, welcome your calls if you uh, disagree with me, 866-423-9578. Uh, looking at the teaching of the Watchtower Bible and the Tract Society, Jehovah's Witnesses. Let me say, as I've uh, said on uh, other occasions, that... Uh, when I quote uh, the Watchtower Bible and the Tract Society as having said this, having said that, did this, did that, uh, this is their teaching, that is their teaching. Uh, all of my quotes are directly from uh, Watchtower Society books. Um, although, if you don't have uh, the actual books, I mean, I, over a number of years, I was able to uh, collect quite a few of the Watchtower Society's books, of Watchtower Society's magazines. But a lot of what I say also, you can see it for yourself if you go to the Watchtower Society's uh, website, jw.org. And a lot of things that I quote, uh, you can look it up in their archives, even as far back I know it's 1950. Uh, but still, uh, as I say, whatever uh, I give out over the broadcast, I can uh, back it up with the Watchtower uh, Society's a book, and today uh, we want to look at uh, the teachings, the Watchtower Society's teachings uh, concerning the return of Christ. Um, Jesus Christ, in uh, Matthew uh, chapter fourteen, verse three, uh, he was uh, speaking words of comfort to his disciples. He had spoken to them about his crucifixion, about his uh, betrayal, about his uh, returning back to the Father. And, of course, this was kind of like bothering them. They were a little sorrowful. And so he, speaking words of encouragement in uh, Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. He went on to say, In my Father's house are many mansions. Well, that's mansions, King James Version. But in other words, many dwellings. He said, In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Then in verse 3, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So he was giving reassurance to his disciples. Yes, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to uh, uh, go away from you. 
but I assure you that I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, that you may be also. I'm returning to heaven, but eventually one day you are also going to be with me in heaven because I'm coming back personally and get you uh, and escort you to heaven. So these are words of encouragement. So the question uh, then may arise, well, uh, when is uh, Jesus going to return this uh, promise? When, when will be the fulfillment of his promise uh, of this promise that I will come again and receive you unto myself? And this is not the only place uh, in scripture where we have uh, this promise. We have Jesus making it directly, of course, in uh, Matthew chapter, uh, I'm sorry, John chapter 14, uh, verse three. But we have it in other places uh, in scripture, too. Um, for example, First Thessalonians uh, chapter four, sixteen and 17. Uh, talks about uh, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, come down from heaven, that is, with a shout, with the trumpet of God, with the voice of the archangel, uh, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, which is to say that uh, anyone who uh, was a Christian who died before Christ's return would be resurrected first. And as for those who are still alive who are Christians at the return of Jesus Christ, then they will be uh, changed instantly. Those who have died will be resurrected, uh, not in the bodies that uh, decayed or bones or whatever's in the ground, but they will receive what we refer to as a resurrection body. It will be the same body that they were uh, buried in, but except that the body would be different in that it will be an immortal body. Um, and as for those who are alive when Jesus Christ returns, uh, their bodies will be changed instantaneously uh, from our physical, perishable, decaying bodies to immortal bodies. So Jesus Christ uh, and, the, and the word of God in other places than John uh, assures us of the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, we don't know exactly when, but Jesus exhorts us to be ready because that's an hour uh, at a time when we think not uh, he will come. And ours is to uh, be prepared for his coming. We desire to, uh, for him to find us doing the things that he requires of us. Uh, and uh, scripture tells us that we want to do this so that we won't be ashamed before him at his coming. So Jesus Christ is coming. And also uh, after Jesus was crucified, he was uh, resurrected uh, from the dead. And he stayed with his disciples for 40 days, uh, instructing them, of course, uh, concerning the kingdom of heaven. And then after 40 days, he ascended back up to heaven. And uh, he took them out to the Mount of Olives. And while he was uh, speaking to them, his body was caught up in a cloud. <clears throat> Excuse me. His body was caught up in a cloud. And he ascended back up into heaven. So the disciples were standing there gazing. And uh, to, uh, an angel, or two angels, anyway, they appeared to him and, and assured them that, uh, you that are standing here gazing the same Jesus uh, shall return as you have seen him go. Uh, so that was reassurance to him. So they went on back uh, to Jerusalem. I see we have a caller. Uh, this is Mike from Inkster. Hello, Mike. Hello, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, the only thing uh, I like about like the Jehovah Witnesses is like maybe the art in the uh it's either pamphlets, but I never read it. I tell them I don't read it. And and the uh, the the best testimony they got is actually their music. It's terrible. I mean, it's not uplifting at all. I mean, how can you have any joy going to a church or a kingdom hall, whatever they call it, sanctuary? And, and the music is so joyless. It, it's worse than any music I've ever heard in my life. Well, um, that is not really the tragedy of the hour, the tragedy of the hour, because uh, <laughs> you can find orthodox uh, places of where you have orthodox Christians where you may not find a, a music that inspiring or likable uh, like that. But the tragedy of the hour is the fact that uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, the organization is a cult. 
The people are lost. Many of the people uh, uh, believe that they belong to God, but in fact they do not, which can easily be backed up uh, by Scripture. So that's the tragedy of the hour. And what we want to do, if uh, we know the truth, is to uh, pray for Jehovah's Witnesses that uh, their eyes of those who are in deception uh, would be open and so that they would not uh, perish. Uh, I've talked to quite a few uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and, and uh, most of the Jehovah's Witnesses I've talked to are really nice people, uh, you know, really courteous people, fine people like that. But, uh, you know, they believe that they're right, but unfortunately they're wrong. And so we want what we want to do is uh, to pray for them, uh, that they will be delivered from error just like we were. We weren't necessarily in a cult, but we were living our lives, doing our thing. And as long as things was uh, going our way, we felt that we had it made. But we were, in fact, deceived had we died. In that condition, we would have perished and went to hell. And this uh, is something that we don't want to have uh, happen to them. Okay, thank you very much. Have a very pleasant evening and peaceful night. All right, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 866-423-9578. We have another caller. We have Angela from Royal Oak. Hello, Angela. Welcome to Bible Talk. Well, hi, Pastor. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Okay. Well, I'm just kind of worried about today you know, with the, you know, impeachment and stuff. And I want to talk to the pastor. I know he's not there about, you know, about what he's thinking about the impeachment and Donald Trump. You think they will get rid of him? Or, I mean, should we pray for him? I mean, what should we do? I mean, what do you think is going to happen in the end? Well, uh, as far as praying for them is concerned, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, said to Timothy, and of course that uh, is a direction to us too, that I will, that prayer, will, supplication, and uh, I think that was a little technical difficulty we had there. Yeah, he said, I will that prayer, supplication, and giving of thanks be made for all in authority. And then he names the various positions. So that means that whatever their title is, uh, president, uh, king, governor, mayor, or whatever like that, you ask, uh, should we pray? Uh, we should. Uh, there have been people in office, and there are some people in office that I don't particularly care for, but God didn't say pray for them if you care for them. He said pray for them whether yeah, you yeah. care for them or not. So I think that it behooves us to pray. Uh, I know that it behooves us because the Lord commands it that we pray for all in authority. And, uh, you know, uh, the fact that I find some people uh, in authority, um, I disagree with them. But I have to remember Mm -hmm. that uh, I was once uh, a law center. I was once deceived, uh, hateful, um, uh, lying and and doing whatever uh, pleased me. And God could have very well let me die in my sins. He didn't owe me anything, but he had mercy upon me. And uh, sent someone with, uh, to me with the gospel, and then the Holy Spirit opened my heart so that I uh, understood it and responded as I needed to by repenting and accepting Jesus as my Savior. So, yes, um, kind of long uh, a sermon, you know, maybe I'll send you an envelope for you to send me an offering because I know I just preached then. But, uh, yeah, God wants us to uh, pray for all in authority. And uh, so, you know, we are uh, have access to the throne of grace, and so we can go before God on, on behalf of others. Uh, and our hopes is that no matter how uh, disruptive, disobedient, uh, whatever the particularly uh, undesirable attitude a person in authority has, the bottom line is God mm-hmm. still loves them. And he, uh, Scripture says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all uh, come to repentance. Sometimes people can make you so angry, it'd be kind of hard for you to pray for them, but we pray for them anyway. Right. Uh, you know, Jesus prayed for those who were crucifying him. Uh, so therefore, mm-hmm. uh, we should uh, follow this example. Long answer, but yeah, that's 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 uh, the way I see it according to scripture. Well, are you worried about the impeachment? I mean, 
What do you think is going to happen? I mean, what? Well, uh, I don't know uh, for the simple reason that uh, in the book of Daniel, we're told that God ra- uh, raises up kings, he puts down kings. And then we are told, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's in chapter four, that the kingdoms of the world belong to God and he uh, gives them to whomsoever he will. So I, I don't know uh, precisely uh, what's going to happen. There's a lot of drama uh, going on there. Uh, but the one yeah. thing I do know, uh, whether he remains in office or he's removed from office, Jesus Christ is still in charge. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, matter of fact, I know uh, God still wants us to pray for him. And I'll tell you something, uh, you know, my prayer is for all in authority. Like I say, there's some that I don't agree with, but uh, I always mm-hmm. uh, pray and ask the Lord, uh, nevertheless, Lord, uh, though I don't agree with them, if they don't know you're saved, let them not perish, but I'll bring them to a, a saving knowledge of you. And as far as exercising their authority, incline them to exercise their authority with uh, wisdom and also with integrity. So that's that's my uh our prayer for them. Uh, so, and, and that's what I recommend for all the saints of God, because it comes from the word of God. Okay. You think the Democrats are doing this uh, because they're anti-Christian? I mean, they're going after him. You think it's a witch hunt, you know? Do I think it's a witch hunt? Yeah. Well, uh, based on what I've been listening to, I haven't seen any credible evidence uh, for removing him from, from, from office. I, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the same token, uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of the uh, the workings uh, that go on in Washington, but th- that is my observation, just to speak very uh, honestly and frankly about it. I, I haven't seen any credible evidence uh, that justifies uh, trying to remove him from office. However, again, as I say, uh, if he's removed from office, Jesus is still in charge. If he stays in office, Jesus is still in charge. And if anybody is doing anything wrong, uh, God uh, realizes it. And uh, we all will give an account to God uh, when we stand before him. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you, Angela. All right. Thank you. All right. God bless. Okay. God bless you. Bye. The phone number is 866-423-9578. 866-423-9578. Uh, Bible Talk. This is Pastor Baker. Uh, welcome to your calls. We're looking at the Watchtower Society's teaching uh, regarding the return of Jesus Christ. So I was uh, talking about how Jesus assured us that he would return again. Uh, we find this, uh, uh, especially in uh, John chapter 14, uh, verse 3, but we see it in other places in the Bible. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verses uh, 16 through 17. But the, uh, the, the, uh, the issue is, uh, with regard to the Watchtower uh, Society, when will Jesus return? And uh, how will he return? Will his return be visible or will his return be uh, invisible? Or has he already returned? What does the Watchtower Society teach about this? Now, my understanding from Scripture, and I say that the, the, the orthodox position is, is that Jesus ascended back up into heaven. Uh, we see that in Acts chapter 1. Uh, he ascended back up to heaven, and he'll be there until it's time for him to come and uh to uh, judge the earth. The first thing uh, event I see is, of course, is coming for all uh, born again Christians to take them back up to heaven with him. Um, and then after after that, uh, there will be the uh, the period known as the uh, the tribulation, which the world will experience a time of trouble, as Jesus says, such as it has never seen before. This tribulation is going to last seven years. After the seven years, uh, Jesus Christ will again return uh, and be visible uh, to the whole world. And uh, we see this in uh, Revelation chapter uh, 19, verse 11. Uh, You know what? Let me make sure 
that I'm saying that right? Or is it uh, verse 19? So let me get my trusty Bible, which is written to keep us from error and to help us to make sure that we're certain about what we say. Yes, Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And that's talking about uh, Jesus Christ. So um, we're looking, let me say orthodoxy, uh, that's uh, the teachings uh, that are in uh, harmony with uh, what the Bible teaches. Uh, So orthodoxy teaches that Jesus Christ uh, coming is yet future. He has not returned yet. But what does the Watchtower Society uh, teach about that? We are looking for a... uh, the the rapture, the catching up of the saints, then the tribulation, which lasts for seven years, a period, a, a, a period where the world will experience trouble like it has never known before for seven years. At the end of the seven years, Jesus Christ returns um, and sets up his kingdom on earth, uh, which will he will reign for 1,000 years. This is known as the millennial kingdom. So this is orthodox uh, Christianity, but the Watchtower Society uh, teaches something different. We're going to look at that. We have another caller. Dave in Hazel Park. Uh, welcome to Bible Talk, Dave. Yes, my friend. I have a question. I used to ask Pastor Moss. Uh, somebody asked me about, uh, and thank you for fighting a good fight of faith. Uh, on the, uh, I have a question. Orthodox? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, a friend of mine was asking me about their Catholic, okay? And I was looking up Christianity, uh, religion, and doctrine. Does Orthodox opinion conforming to the usual belief or established doctrines? He asked me, somebody came to him and asked him about the uh, Orthodox uh, Catholic. Well, his wife's Catholic. And she doesn't know where the man got for that because now, to the Orthodox Catholic, they're, now they're able to marry. I don't know. I was just trying to get that information for him. Is there anything that's that thing as Orthodox Catholic? I know there's the Orthodox Greek, or what, the Orthodox uh, 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 Jew, but I don't know where uh, he just asked me, is this a cult? Is somebody just saying that? Uh, the Orthodox faith? or whatever. I don't know. I'm confused with that. I'm just calling. Maybe you could give me more on it or something. Okay. Uh, again, uh, as I was saying about orthodoxy, when I say orthodox, I'm talking about uh, uh, teachings of whatever organization that are in harmony uh, with Scripture. And any uh, teaching that uh, disagrees with Scripture is not orthodox teaching. Okay. Now, you, you asked me uh, about an orthodox uh, Catholic. Well, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm saying, first of all, and, 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 and hear me carefully when I say this, I don't, uh, uh, matter of fact, I know from Scripture that the, uh, the, uh, um, the Catholic, Roman Catholic system right. is not Christian. The Roman Catholic system is not Christian. Now, you can find orthodox teachings among Jehovah's Witnesses if they say that uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of humanity. That's orthodox teaching. But the Jehovah's okay. Witnesses are still a cup because they didn't deny uh, essential doctrines, other essential doctrines of the Christian faith. So okay, that's the same I mean. way, same yeah, way with Roman Catholicism, 
you know, uh, right. when, when you're teaching about uh, uh, Mary as a co-mediator, that's not orthodox uh, at all. Or uh, uh, praying, for, uh, uh, offering up prayers for the dead, that's not orthodox uh, either. So there are a lot okay. of teachings about the Roman Catholic system that are not orthodox. And uh, for that reason, especially when you're talking about Mary as a co-mediator, I don't think that anybody right. belongs in the Roman Catholic uh, system. Now, there are genuine Catholics who are Christian, but uh, many of them don't know all of the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. And so when they okay. find out that uh, about these teachings, such as Mary is co-mediator, when the scripture tells us there is one mediator between God okay. and man, the man Christ Jesus, and a Roman Catholic said where Mary is a co-mediator, uh, when you find out they have such teaching, it's time for you to leave. Uh, and that's okay. in, in any uh, 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 religion, uh, denomination, a group, or, or what have you. If you okay. find out that they are disagreeing with any essential doctrines of the Christian faith, then it's time for you to get out of there. And if you, you know, once you realize that this is wrong and you stay in there, then, of course, you're going to be held uh, accountable to God. Oh, okay. I, I just They just asked me that because now they're saying in the but the Orthodox, uh, as they said, Catholic, which I don't like, you just explained real good to me about about Orthodox teaching in Roman, you know, is that they said that now in the Orthodox Catholic opinion and and that is now that the priest could marry, you know what I mean? So they didn't understand what's going on with the priests, what you know, what's going on with children, whatever. Is that and 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 Moss really gave a good scripture. It was Apostle Paul. In First Corinthians nine, you know, to itself is that you know there's nothing, and, and other some other scriptures, and I thought that too is that you know that's that's the Catholic uh, tradition, and it's wrong. You know what I mean? That actually it never meant for priests not to be married, right? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, as a matter of fact, in one of his epistles to Timothy, uh, uh, Paul talked about that right. preacher, uh, forbidding right. to marry. Yeah, forbidding to marry. Uh, in right. other words, he was speaking against that. So, you know, th that is not scriptural at all uh, to say uh, that. Okay. Uh, that yeah, the, yeah. Uh, that the, was the other one. The, yeah, the, the truth of the matter is uh, every born-again Christian is a priest. Now, I'm not talking about a person necessarily walking around with a robe on, sitting in a right. confession booth. Right, right, right. But we are a part of a priesthood because God, you know, has uh, uh, right. given us the ministry of uh, witnessing the people, and, you know, as far as confessing, God tells us, confess your faults one to another. But he doesn't say that I can sit in a booth and you come to me and confess your sin. And I right, pronounce you, you absolved of your sin and do so many uh, uh, Hail Marys. But confess your faults one to another. And then the rest of it says, right. and pray for one another that you may be healed. So, yes, if, uh, you know, I have weaknesses and I go to brothers and sisters in Christ who are mature that I can trust. And I would confess right. my weaknesses to them for the purpose of them encouraging right. me, telling me, brother, you can make it, uh, you know, uh, right. focus on scripture uh, like that. But not so that they can forgive me. Nobody can forgive my sins against God. They may forgive my sins against them, the person, right. but nobody right. can right. forgive my sins against uh, God. But so um, well, rough explanation, but that, that's that's how I see it. Okay. No, thank you. God bless you. You explained it just as well as Dr. Pastor Moss can, and I appreciate that. Well, that's quite a compliment. God bless you. All right. God bless you, Dave. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break, and then we'll continue afterwards. Friday on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg asks us to take a careful look at our lives and where we find our identity. If anyone is in Christ, then they are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has actually come. The real question is, am I in Christ? 
We're learning how to find our identity in Christ Friday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, weekday mornings at 8.30 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500, Faith Talk, Detroit. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US Nulo, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. Mike guarantees they will be the most comfortable sheets you've ever owned. The first night you sleep on a Giza Dream Sheet, you may never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-919-5912. That's 800-919-5912. Or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code RUNTOWIN at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. 866-423-9578. This is Pastor Baker on Bible Talk. Uh, the phone number is 866-423-9578. We're looking at um, Jehovah's Witness and their teaching uh, with regard to the uh, return of Jesus Christ. And they have uh, an interesting, however uh, incorrect, but they have an interesting uh, position about the return of Jesus Christ. Now, I'll say again, Orthodox Christianity, that is Christianity, uh, the teaching that is uh, in harmony with the Bible, teaches that the return of Jesus Christ is still in the future. But this is not the teaching of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. So um, let's look at uh, one statement that I, I, I took out of their book entitled Reasoning from, uh, from the Scriptures. Uh, they say this uh, concerning the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus had promised his apostles. Now, who are Jesus' apostles? Uh, those are the ones that people commonly, uh, many people commonly refer to as the 12 disciples. 
they were uh, where Jesus actually had more than 12 disciples because anybody who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior is a disciple. And the word disciple simply means uh, learner. So uh, the apostles were disciples, but anybody who accepts Jesus as their Savior uh, is also a disciple of Jesus Christ. That is a learner uh, being taught uh, by him by means of his word and whomever he uh, appoints us as teachers. But uh, these uh, particular 12 disciples were also had the title of apostles. And uh, the word apostle simply means one sent. These are 12 men that Jesus uh, picked out among all of his disciples. Out of all his this disciples, he picked out these 12 men uh, for specific duties. Uh, and uh, part of this duties was having authority over all the churches, authority uh, to write scripture, uh, also, uh, they were preachers, just as all the rest of us are called preachers too. But the, it's the uh, primary thing was these 12 apostles had authority over all the churches. That is not the case today. These apostles have passed off the scene, and the Bible tells us that we are built up on the foundation of the apostles uh, and, and, and our prophets. So uh, there is no such thing as, uh, now a person might want to call themselves an apostle, they only mean one sent by God, but we've all been sent by God. But if he's talking about he's an apostle because he has authority over the churches, uh, I'm, no, that's not true. Uh, that is gone. That left when the, the apostles died off. And uh, our authority is the word of God. Uh, now, we have individuals in churches who have authority. Uh, pastors uh, have authority in individual churches, yes, but they don't have authority over all uh, the churches. But anyway, the Watchtower Society says Jesus had promised his apostles that he would come again and take them to heaven to be with him. They could see him because they would be spirit creatures as he is, but the world would not see him again. So this is really a loaded statement. Uh, first of all, the Watchtower Society is saying as far as seeing Jesus again, remember Jesus said, I would come again and receive you unto myself. Uh, in Revelation chapter one, we are told concerning his return. He comes with clouds and every eye shall see him. But look at what the Watchtower Society says. Where the scripture says, every eye shall see him. The Watchtower Society says, Jesus has promised his apostles that he would come again and take them to heaven to be with him. They could see him because they would be spirit creatures as he is, but the world would not see him again. So according to the Watchtower Society, nobody is ever going to see Jesus Christ again except the 12 apostles and, of course, uh, the group in their organization known as the 144,000. The Watchtower Society teaches only 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses are going to heaven. Now, you got uh, millions of Jehovah's Witnesses, but out of those millions, only 144,000 are going to heaven. So the 144,000 will see Jesus. And uh, they also consider the apostles to be part of the 144,000. So the 144,000 would see Jesus, but nobody else would ever Again, now, of course, the Watchtower Society didn't make this statement without trying to come up with some kind of scripture to back up what they said. So uh, when they say that no one else will see Jesus again, uh, they said this because of, uh, number one, a statement that was made uh, in Acts chapter uh, 13, verse 34. So God resurrected Jesus from the dead, destined uh, no more to return to corruption. Human bodies are by nature corruptible. Jesus will never again have such a body. So they say that Jesus will never again be in a physical body uh, because uh, physical bodies are corruptible. So he will never again uh, be in a physical body and he will be in a spirit 
body, they said. Spirit body. They later uh, switched it and, 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 and said it correctly. He would be in a spiritual body. But here they said he would be in a spirit body. And therefore, that's why nobody would, able to, would be able to see him again. The apostles would and the 144,000 would because they would have spirit bodies just like Jesus does. And so therefore, they would see him again. Now, what they're saying, you don't find this in the, in the, in the word of God. But anyway, uh, to back this up, that nobody uh, will see Jesus again other than the uh, uh, 144,000 uh, and the apostles. They said, uh, they quote Acts 1 and 11. So in Acts 1 and 11, uh, Jesus Christ, of course, ascended back up to heaven. The disciples was watching him as he ascended back up to heaven in a cloud, in a body. And uh, the angels stood by him and said, you know, why are you standing at the apostles? Uh, and, and the disciples thought that was more than the apostles there. But they asked him, why are you standing gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus that you see taken up from you into heaven shall also return in like manner as you have seen him go. So they told him, you're gazing up into heaven, but he's coming back and he's going to come back the same way he went up. You will see him in the same manner in which he went up. So then the Watchtower Society says, well, how did he go up? They said, the angels said, you're going to see him uh, in the same, he will return in the same manner that he went up. The society says, how did he go up? Unobserved by the world. In other words, the world didn't see him when he ascended back to heaven. Now, there were uh, approximately, I, I guess, about 500 uh, that saw him when he ascended back up to heaven. These was all disciples of Jesus Christ. They would have to be considered part of the 144,000. I can go into how they came up with that number and when they started, but I won't get into that. Um, so they say um, you will see him because he will return in the same manner as you saw him go. And then the Watchtower Society tells us how he went. He went unobserved by the world. Therefore, the world would not see him because since he was unobserved by the world when he left, he would not be observed by the world when he returns. And then they not only use Acts 1 and 11, but also John chapter 14, verse 19. And in John chapter 14, verse 19, Jesus says, a little longer and the world will behold me no more. So the Watchtower Society said, there you see, the world will never see him again. Because Jesus said, a little while longer and the world will no behold me no more. But the question is, did Jesus mean that in an absolute sense? He couldn't have meant it in an absolute sense because the Bible tells us he will uh, descend from heaven and every eye shall see him, including those who pierced him. So when the Watchtower Society says that the world is not going to see him no more, Jesus said that, but he didn't mean it in an absolute sense. Uh, just like in John chapter 17 and 11, uh, some uh, uh, things that Jesus said is not is true, but it's not meant in an absolute sense. In John 17 and 11, when Jesus is praying to the Father, he says, uh, while he's standing on earth, he says to the father, and now I am no more in the world. Well, did he mean that in an absolute sense? No, because he was standing right on earthly ground when he said that. But he knew that he was going to be ascending back up into heaven. And for a period of time, he would no longer be in the world uh, in his uh, earthly body. So that's what he meant by I am no longer uh, in the world. But let's look at another passage as well in the Gospel of Luke. And let's see, you want Luke chapter 13. And looking at verse 34, 
Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Now, Jesus is talking to the Jews because they rejected him. And he knew that, uh, you know, he was going to go to Calvary. He had been rejected by the Jews and he came uh, as their expected Messiah. The Old Testament had taught that the Messiah, the Christ was going to come, turn uh, sin away from Israel. Uh, but when Jesus came, his people reject him, rejected him. The scriptures say he came into his own things and his own people re uh, received him not. So, Jesus, we have a kind of a lamentation in um, Luke chapter 13, verse uh, 33. Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen uh, gather her brood under her wings and you would not. So he was lamenting over the fact that he came to the Jews, but they rejected him for the most part. And so he said, you know, I, 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 I wanted to gather you as a, as a chicken gathered her brood on her wings, but you would not. And then he says this, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And because he's leaving and verily I say unto you, truly, I say unto you, you shall not see me again. You shall not see me until notice that word until you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So Jesus said, you shall not see me, but he said, you shall not see me until. Until means there is going to be another time when you will see me. So I'm just saying, uh, looking at these two verses, uh, Jesus said, I am no longer in the world. He didn't mean it in the absolute sense because he was standing right on earth when he said it. And when he says that you will not see me, he says you will not see me until. So there will be a time when they will see him. Uh, those who repented and accepted Jesus as their savior before they died, they would see him. And those who did not and died in their sins, they would see him too. Unfortunately, it would be at the uh, white throne judgment where they'd be condemned to uh, the lake of fire forever. So all I'm saying is that these scriptures that the Watchtower Society is using, uh, talking about uh, Jesus said that the world would see me no more, uh, is not meant in an absolute sense. The world will see Jesus Christ again. And the classic passage, of course, again, is in uh, Revelation chapter 1. It says, Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And so then uh, also the Watchtower Society says that the uh, apostles would see him because they will be spirit creatures as he is. Jesus is not a spirit creature. Jesus didn't rise from the dead as a spirit creature. Uh, this is something that was uh, concocted by the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Jesus rose from the dead in a spiritual body, but he's not a spirit creature. Uh, we'll take a break and I'll finish this discussion when we come back. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm -hmm. phones, mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting deemed just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds, mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. And she'll say, John, listen, sweetie, if you could start afresh, would you get married again? The speed with which you answer that question is as important as the answer itself. 
What a question, and what a reflection from comedian John Branion. And he's on today's Focus on the Family Minute with some reasons that God matched him with his wife. And the truth is, after 21 years, the answer to that question is yes. I would, I would marry the exact same girl again. Because what I've learned over these years is that the two of us together are somehow better than the sum of the individual parts. And she is so many things I could never be. And I'm so many things that she doesn't want to be. It's important to find the humor in your marriage. And take time today to thank God and your spouse for your relationship. Hear more from John Branion at FamilyMinute.org. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'll be joining the team at Salem Media Group in the summer of 2020 on a scenic cruise to Alaska. I'd like to extend a warm invitation to you to join us. I've been before, and Alaska is a spectacular place where God's design and His majesty are constantly on display. Glaciers, mountains, and untamed wildlife. If you've ever contemplated exploring this inspiring frontier, now is your opportunity, especially as we will enjoy all of these wonders from the comfort of our first-class cruise ship. The week will be filled with more than just awe-inspiring landscapes and quaint seaside ports, as Laura's story leads us in our worship and as we turn to God's Word as a compass for our time together. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. This is Pastor Baker on Bible Talk, looking at the Jehovah's Witnesses' position concerning the return of Jesus Christ. Is it future or has it already uh, occurred? Uh, Will every eye see him or will just a select few see him, namely the apostles and anybody who was part of the 144,000? Of course, this teaching is not in Scripture, but this is uh, what they teach. So the Watchtower Society says that um, only spirit creatures, again, the apostles, 144,000, will be able to see him, but the world will not see him again. But we looked at the proof text, the scriptures that they used to back up their teaching, and uh, the conclusion is that Jesus Christ did not mean it in an absolute sense, and we come to that conclusion by reading what other scriptures says. This is uh, what is known, by the way, as a reading scripture in context. When we're talking about the return of Jesus Christ and we form a position in our minds as to what that particular scripture means, we have to judge that scripture, or, or, or rather uh, interpret that scripture, uh, explain that scripture in light of what other scriptures had to say about the same subject. So, uh, for example, is Jesus Christ God? Um, so John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The, uh, but then when we go to verse 14, uh, we know that it's talking about Jesus because it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld this glorious of the only begotten, which all over the place Jesus Christ is called the only begotten of the Father, uh, the only begotten Son, the, uh, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, okay, there we go. So we got John 1 and 1 through 3. Then we got verse 14 to show that the one who is called God in John 1 and 1 uh, and 2, um, or who is shown to be eternal in John 1 and 1 verses 1 through 3. 
We go to verse 14, we realize that that's talking about Jesus Christ. But if we want some more information, then we can go to uh, Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verse 6, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6 says, let all the angels of God worship him. Uh, the context shows that that's talking about Jesus Christ. Verse 8, we have God the Father calling God the Son, God. So you see how I'm looking at uh, not just one or two scriptures, but what all the scripture had to say about the particular subject. Subject being, is Jesus Christ God? So the same thing applies when we talk about the return of Jesus Christ. We got to look at what all the scripture says before we really draw a conclusion and make a dogmatic statement, uh, a statement of fact. And, you know, we haven't really checked all of the uh, context of scripture to make sure that our statement of fact is, in fact, uh, correct. So another argument that society puts forth, uh, they say that God res resurrected Jesus uh, from the dead, destined no more to return to corruption. Human bodies are by nature corruptible. Jesus will never again have such a body. So they're saying that Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead in the same body that he was crucified in because human bodies are by nature corruptible and Jesus Christ will never ha again have such a, a body because the scripture says he will never again return to corruption. But what does corruption mean here? So first of all, they say that Jesus' human body was corruptible. And so that's one of the reasons why they say he didn't rise in the same body that he was crucified in because human body was uh, corruptible and he would never again have uh, uh, such a body. But the truth of the matter is Jesus Christ did rise from the dead in the same body that he was crucified in. However, this body, the same body that he was crucified in was now immortal. It was now imperishable. So you might say, well, wait a minute. Isn't that a different body? No. Well, why do you say, uh, Pastor Baker, that's not a different body? Because I'm going by what Jesus said. Jesus said in John chapter 2, verse 19, he said to the Jews who were in opposition to him, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And then the scripture goes on to say he was speaking of the temple of his body. So Jesus was saying, put me to death, but in three days, I'm going to raise myself from the dead. Now, all three members of the Godhead had uh, participation in the resurrection. God, the father raised him from the dead. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead and Jesus Christ raised himself from the dead. So he said, destroy this temple and in three days, I will raise it up. What did he mean by temple? The scripture goes on to tell us he was talking about the temple of his body. So when the Watchtower Society says that Jesus will never again have a physical body, they're wrong. He has one now. He is 100% man and 100% God. He was 100% man when he came here on earth, when he took on the uh, uh, human body. It's called the incarnation, God becoming man. He was 100% man and 100% God while he was on earth. He was 100% man and 100% God on the cross. And he was 100% man and 100% God when he ascended back up to heaven. And he is 100% man and 100% God now. You might say, wow, how can that be? I don't know. But I know that it is. How do I know? Because the word of God says so. And I believe what God says. I don't worry a whole lot about what I can't quite grasp. I don't understand. You can explain to me from now on about what keeps an airplane up in the air, and I'll be willing to bet you when you finish explaining, I still ain't going to understand it. And then again, I don't understand why a, a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk. But that's not going to stop me from pouring the milk over my cereal. So if God says 
the scripture says that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, I accept that. I do not understand the eternality of God. But I know that he's eternal. How do I know? Because the word of God says so. But that blows my mind, the fact that God has always been, because I'm used to everything having a beginning. So uh, what we need to do is believe what God says. Take a break. We'll finish up after we return. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Roger Scruton, the British conservative who is one of the most important conservative intellects of our day, has died after a battle with cancer at the age of 75. Scruton helped to shape the conservative movement not only in the United States, but even more importantly, in Great Britain. He became a conservative when he was a student in France, much like that classic conservative Edmund Burke who was looking at the French during the French Revolution. Scruton saw an entire civilization being torn apart. He didn't mean to become a conservative, but he eventually became an intellectual at large, writing 50-plus books, lecturing and teaching in many different universities on both sides of the Atlantic. He was attacked bitterly, but he was also recognized having been knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 2016. Sir Roger Scruton will be gratefully remembered. Scruton taught us in the title of one of his most important books, How to Be a Conservative. I'm Albert Moeller. Sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. Hello, friends. This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win. I've got some exciting news. In addition to listening to us on Faith Talk FM 92.7 and AM 1500, you can now stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Choose News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. If you're a homeowner, I've got great news that could save you money. In response to rising home prices, federal housing officials have stepped in to help make mortgages more affordable. Here's how. Some mortgage loans with specific maximum amounts are backed by government agencies, and those borrowers receive lower interest rates because the government insures them. But now the government is expanding the limits of these types of loans by 10% or higher. So what does that mean for you? It means a lot of people with mortgages will now qualify for lower interest rates because of this government expansion, and they don't even know it. So how do you know if you qualify? Easy. Just speak with one of our loan agents and ask if your mortgage now qualifies for a lower interest rate because of expanding loan limits. For a free quote, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call 800-457-6947. That's 800-457-6947. to be on Bible Talk. This is Pastor Baker. Uh, on Bible Talk, 866-423-9578. Uh, uh, let me, uh, before I forget, uh, say also that if anybody would like to make a uh, donation to this ministry to uh, help to keep it on the air, uh, we will welcome your donations. The uh, donations that you send do go to pay for the radio time. Quite expensive. 
Uh, but we thank God for the opportunity, and we would appreciate uh, any help that you care to give us. So if you would like to send a donation, you can send your donation to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. That's Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. That's Post Office Box, uh, Bible Boot Camp Ministries, Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Uh, and your donation will be greatly appreciated. Okay, we're looking again at the uh, society's teaching concerning the uh, second coming of Jesus Christ. Our society teaches that uh, his return uh, has already occurred and that um, his return was invisible. He's ruling now, they say, uh, invisibly in the heavens. He rose from the dead as an invisible spirit creature. He did not rise from the dead in the same body that he was crucified in, but Scripture clearly teaches that he did. And not only that, but um, the saints of God, when the saints of God die, when that is Christians by saints of God, I mean simply Christians. When Christians die, our bodies are put into the grave. But at the return of Jesus Christ, our bodies are going to be resurrected. It will be the same body, but it will be a uh, what the Bible refers to as a glorified body. Glorified because it's imperishable. The body is immortal, but it is still the same body. Uh, we can see this in First Corinthians chapter uh, 15, for example. If you read verses 42 through 44, it talks about when a Christian dies and he is buried. It talks about his body. It says it is raised. It says it, talking about the Christian's body. It is buried, uh, uh, a perishable body. But it, talking about the Christian's body, is raised a spiritual body. Notice what's raised. It. What's the it? the same body, the Christian's body, the Christian's body, it is put in the grave, a perishable body because it's subject to decay and it decays bones and whatever. But it also says it, what is the it? The Christian's body is raised a spiritual body, not a spirit body, whatever that is, but a spiritual body, it. So we uh, who have accepted Jesus Christ as our savior, when we die, if we die before he uh, returns to take uh, the church, the body of Christ, all Christians uh, are living to heaven. If we die, we are going to be resurrected and we're going to be resurrected in the same body that we were buried in. But it is going to be a spiritual body, a glorified body, a imperishable body. So that sounds like a great mystery. Well, yeah, but as long as it's saying it talking about the same body, then I really don't have a problem with it. Uh, so um, when the society tries to quote Acts 13 and 34, Jesus would never again have a, a, a physical body uh, because physical bodies are corruptible, perishable. And so Jesus Christ would never again have such a body. But Jesus rose from the same body that he was rose in the same body. Uh, that he was crucified in. However, it was a glorified body because it was no longer perishable, no longer sub subject to death or pain or any such thing uh, as that. Uh, also, another argument from the society, uh, the society says that uh, if Jesus rose in the same body, then he will be taken back the sacrifice that he offered for our sin. So Jesus gave his body as, as, as a sacrifice, as an offering for sin. He gave his life as an offering for sin. So the Watchtower Society says another reason why we say that Jesus Christ didn't rise in the same body because if he rose in the same body, he would be taken back the sacrifice that he offered for sin. 
Well, how can that be? He's not taken back to sacrifice by rising in the same body. Number one, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. What did he mean when he said it is finished? He was saying everything that is necessary in order for man to be saved, uh, to have his sins forgiven, I've accomplished it by taking man's punishment for him on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he was taking the punishment for my sin, for your sin, and for the sins of the whole world, and it made it possible for me to be accepted by God if I would repent of my sins and put my trust in what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. There's nothing that we need to do in order to work for our salvation. Jesus Christ did it for us. We don't work for our salvation. We just work out the salvation that God has given us as a result of having accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. So uh, when they're talking about uh, if Jesus Christ arose in the same body, he would be taken back to sacrifice. He wouldn't be taken back to sacrifice. And I'll tell you why. If his rising in the same body means that he took back the sacrifice, then the fact that he came back to life at all also means that he took back the sacrifice because he says, I give my life for the world. But he came back to life. So according to the Watchtower Society, that would mean that just his coming back to life also means that he took back the sacrifice. Once Jesus died, the penalty for sin was paid. And so, of course, he could be resurrected. The penalty was paid for. Well, uh, I see that our time is up. Uh, I hope that I've been of some help to you. The Lord willing, I'll try to continue this uh, the next time uh, that I come on uh, the air. Uh, in the meantime, uh, have a good day. God bless. Again, uh, we'd appreciate your donations. Um, again, just for a reminder, the numbers of uh, the places, Bible Boot Camp Ministries. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 